Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines, and let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be The Lone Ranger. Original air date is August 7th, 1946, and the title is Clash of Wills. companion Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. knew that Colonel Caldwell was dying. Lori Meredith was the only one who refused to believe it. And it was true that whenever she was in the sick room, he seemed to be stronger, and his eyes would light with their old mixture of kindness and authority. One morning he insisted on talking with Buck Walton, the foreman of the ranch, his nephew Jeff, and Orrin Marcy, Springdale's only lawyer. Lori objected, but finally sent for them. And when they reached the big house, she arranged the old man's pillows so he could sit almost upright. How's that, Grandfather? That's uh, fine. I wish you wouldn't tire yourself out with business. It can wait a few days. Oh, this won't take long. All right, then. Uh, just a moment, Laurie. Have you seen an Indian around here this morning? An Indian? I haven't seen an Indian around Springdale in nearly a year. 
What put that idea into your head? Well, I sent a message to a friend of mine. He should be here by now. Call the others. I'll let you talk to them for 15 minutes. Not another second. Uh, that should be long enough. Come in, boy. Now, mind, Grandfather. I'll be waiting outside here and watching the clock. Good morning, Uncle. You're looking fine. I am not. Morning, Colonel. Morning, Colonel. <laughs> I want to tell you three right off that I don't like anyone here. But you don't like anybody but Laurie, Uncle. That's right. I don't like you because you resigned a good commission in the Army. Come out here to be an ordinary cowhead. That's the only way to learn to be a cattleman. Yeah, but you only learn to ride and rope and have a high old time on Saturday night. Have no ambition. That's why I don't like you. And I don't like you, Buck, because you have too much. There's nothing wrong with ambition, sir. There is when you... Get ahead at the expense of other people. You don't let anybody or anything stand in your way. I've done a good job with the ranch, sir. Well, you've been paid well, too, in cattle and money. I still don't like you. <coughs> Colonel... Uh... Yes, and you're next, Orrin. I don't like you because you're a lawyer and you're not a gentleman. I'm a self-made man. So is a successful cattle rustler. I'm an old man and I'm dying. Doesn't matter who I like and who I don't like. Main thing is... That in spite of you being such a poor lot, you're the best friends Laurie has. I want you to take care of her after I'm gone. Oh, I sure think. Oh, you won't be much help, Jeff. I think an awful lot of Laurie. Hmm. You'd like to marry her, Buck. I hope she's got better sense. That goes for you, Orrin, as well. Now, I know I don't stand a chance. But I want to do something to help her right now. What's that? Everybody knows she isn't really your granddaughter. She's just the same as. Yeah, she was raised from a baby by your own daughter. But she was never legally adopted. That means she isn't your legal heir. Now, if you want her to get the ranch, you'd better make a will, Colonel. I have made a will. And you better let me take a look at it. What for? So I can make sure it's in the right form. I'll take a chance on that. All I want is your solemn promise that you'll... Look out for Laurie after I'm gone. Well, I promise, of course, but... All three of you. I promise. I promise. That's all. I hope one of you can be trusted. Now, on, go away. At night, Laurie left the door of the colonel's bedroom open and slept on a cot in the living room so she could hear him if he called. It was nearly daybreak the following morning when she woke with a start. Quickly, she pulled a blanket around her shoulders and hurried into the bedroom. It was empty. But from the colonel's office that adjoined the bedroom, she could hear voices, the colonel's urgent and demanding, and another low and reassuring. Laurie picked up a gun from the table and started for the office door. As she opened it, she could see two men disappearing into the night. Adios, Colonel. Yeah. Goodbye and good luck. Grandfather. Oh, Lori, I'm sorry you awakened. You get back into bed at once. Oh, Silver, you must come. Who were those two men? One of whom was the Indian I spoke of. And I saw him. And the other one was wearing a mask. Now you get into bed. Yes, ma'am. What are you doing talking to outlaws at this time of night? Here's an outlaw, Lori. You've got to remember this because, well, I don't trust anybody around here, and you're so young. He's your friend, Laurie. Well, I never saw him before in my life. He's your friend. Just you remember that if you ever have any trouble. He's someone you can depend on. Are you warm enough? Yeah, yes, Laurie. Now, 
Don't forget about the mask man. No, I won't. And you go to sleep, Grandpa. It was the colonel's last sleep. He died at dawn, very peacefully, a smile of contentment on his lips. The funeral was two days later. The whole county was there, and it was then that Oren Marthy asked Buck Walton to stop in at his office the following day at 10 o'clock. When Buck arrived, he found Oren studying a number of papers spread out on his desk. Sit down, Buck. What's all that? Deeds, bills of sale, different things. They're all from the old gentleman's office. Laurie and I cleaned out his desk the day after he died. Yeah? What's he worth? It's hard to put a value on the land. I'd say about $100,000. Not bad. Buck, you aim to marry Laurie, don't you? If she'll have me. But what if she doesn't have any property? She has, though. I'm not so sure. I've been through all these papers, and there's no sign of a will. There was a will. He said so. Nothing here. You stole it. Why, you dirty low-down double-crossing... Sit down. Take it easy, Buck. What's happened? Why should I do a thing like that? What would I gain by it? Never mind. The answer is nothing. The only one who gains is Jeff. He gets the property. Do you want him to? No. That grin and tenderfoot. Hey. Maybe he stole the will. Maybe he did. If he did, he got away with it. Not with me around, he don't. I'll choke the truth out of him. I'll I'll take it easy. There's a simpler way out. How? I could write another will. The old man's dead. It's got to be signed, hasn't it? Well, with all these copies of his signature around, I think I could find a man to manage it. I think I could manage a few witnesses, too. It'd be forgery. Why call it that? What else would it be? We know the colonel intended to leave a will, and we promised to look after Laurie. We'd be just keeping our promise. That's right. Can you do it well enough to get past the judge in Dalton? I'm sure of it. Yeah. But why should you do it? What's there in it for you? A thousand head of cattle or $15,000 on the day you marry Laurie. It's a deal. Good. Now all we have to be sure of is that she will marry you. She will. Ever consider that she and Jeff are mighty friendly? Well, whatever. Well, maybe it'd be safer to get rid of Jeff. How? Byron? Oh, there's more permanent ways. Such as? Dry gulching, for instance. (laughs) Don't worry about it. If Jeff gets any ideas about Laurie, I'll put him where his ideas won't matter. I might need your help. For $15,000, you can depend on it. Any time at all. so interesting out the window. There's a bunch of boys down at the corral. Looks to me like they're trying to saddle Diablo. Look at him rear. Get away from there, Curly. Will you listen to me for a minute, Laurie? I'm listening. This ranch of yours is going to take a lot of managing. It's your job, isn't it? I've never handled the paperwork before. If you want to hire somebody, go ahead. No, I just wanted to be sure that you trust me enough. Of course I do. You like me, Laurie, don't you? Of course. You know how I feel about you. I was wondering if... If maybe... That's 
Jeff's trying to ride him. Yeah? Get out there and stop him right away. What for? Because he's practically a tenderfoot. You'll have to take a few falls to get over it. Jeff. He's doing all right. No, he isn't. I can see that saddle slipping from here. If he goes down, the horse will kill him. Nobody will have a chance to... Well, we don't know. It didn't look as if Get he was... Get a pail of water, quick. Yes, ma'am. Jeff, it's me, slowly. Uh, oh. Can't die, do you hear? Uh, I can't lose you and the colonel both at once. Uh, oh, Jeff. Jeff, I, I love you. You just can't die. Well, <laughs> shucks, I don't aim to if you love me. The only question is, will you marry me? Well, you were playing possum all the time. Oh, no, not all the time. It was nothing but a trick to get my sympathy. Have I got it? See, you've got an order for me to ride nothing but your own horse in the future. <laughs> I don't take orders from any woman but my wife. What's your answer? Here's the order. Oh, give it to me. Here's my answer. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right, I'd give up. I'd take it back. Oh, no, you don't. You asked me, and you can't get out of it that easy. And I'm saying yes, see? You and me are going to get married just as soon as I can make myself a new dress. Lord. What was it you wanted in town, Buck? Just find Orrin Marcy. Tell him I've decided to go through with that deal. That'll see him tonight about 8 o'clock. Right. Might also mention the news about Jeff and Laurie. Sure, sure thing. Get up there. Well, you're on time. I'll come for your help. I can't be mixed up in it myself, or I wouldn't have a chance afterward. I'm satisfied with my 15000 for the will. You said you'd help. I got a gent for you to speak to. Come in, Brad. This is Buck Walton, Brad Jenkins. Howdy. How much does he know? He knows who. All you have to tell him is when and where. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue our story. At just about the same time that Buck rode into town for his conference with Orrin Marcy, the Lone Ranger and Tonto reined up a hundred yards from the Bar C ranch house. They walked the remaining distance, and when a glance through the living room window showed Laurie to be alone there, the masked man knocked on the front door. Don't be frightened, Miss Meredith. Uh, I'm not. Grandfather said that you two were my friends. We are. I saw you here the night he died. And I want to explain the reason for our visit that night. He asked you to come, didn't he? Yes, he did. He wanted to give us his will. The will that leaves all of his property to you. He uh, made us promise to deliver it to Judge Carney in Dalton after his death. Well, we've done that, and here's a letter from the judge. But... But it's all so strange. What is? I thought the will was with the rest of his papers. And when Orrin Marcy cleaned out his desk, he didn't say anything about it being missing. Let me understand you, Miss Meredith. You gave all the colonel's papers to Orrin Marcy? Yes. Was that the wrong thing to do? Depends on whether the colonel had any basis for not trusting him. My grandfather was an old man. I don't mean to be disloyal, He had a but... sure instinct about men. That's true, but... When you consider he didn't even trust Jeff, his own nephew... Well, that was because Jeff is so young. Well, what about Orrin? Uh, Judge Carney is the executor of the estate. That letter you have is a receipt for the will, and it's also a request for the papers you've given away. Oh. Well, I'll get them back from Orrin in the morning and send them over to the judge. I think we'd better have a look in at Marcy's office this evening. You? But you're mad... Don't worry about it, Miss Meredith. When we've finished investigating... I'd like to have another talk with you. Tonight? If you don't mind waiting up for a few hours. Not at all. Fine. Then we'll return. Come on, Tonto. Uh-huh. Perhaps we can find out what's keeping him at work so late. Oh. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Scott.
While Tonto headed for Dalton, the Lone Ranger raced back to the ranch house. He asked Laurie to find Jeff and meet him in a wooded draw about a mile away. The girl agreed, and less than half an hour later, the meeting took place. Oh, oh, boy. Oh. Okay. Uh, Laurie, this man is mad. He was the colonel's friend, and he's our friend. That's true, Jeff. Well, what's all the mystery for? If you want to talk to us, why couldn't you do it up at the house? Because Buck will be coming back from town shortly, and he isn't your friend. He isn't? Well, why not? Well, when Orrin Marcy went through the colonel's papers, he didn't find a will, naturally. So he thought there wasn't one. He thought that Jeff here would inherit the property. Me? Yes. You're the only blood relation. Now, uh, Buck planned to marry you, Miss Meredith. I can't understand. He did. He does. He also wanted the ranch. Orrin Marcy agreed to forge a will. And on the day of the wedding, he was to receive a certain amount of money. I don't know how much it wasn't mentioned. Where did you find out all this? Otto and I listened in on a conference tonight. At Owen Marcy's office? Yes. Your engagement came as a great surprise to Buck, Miss Meredith. Oh, it did. But it didn't change his plans. Does he think I'm going to marry two men? He thinks he still has a chance if Jeff were uh, eliminated. You mean killed? I can take care of myself with Buck. He had no intention of getting involved himself. He's hired someone for the job. Jeff? Yes, a man named Brad Jenkins is already wanted for the law. Oh, let's tell the sheriff. Tonto's on his way to get him. Now, let me tell you exactly what they're planning to do, and I have a few suggestions. If you follow them, Jeff, I promise you won't be in any danger. And you'll give us a chance to capture Jenkins, and also put Walton, Orr, and Marcy right where they belong. had taken over the colonel's office, and early the following morning, he called Jeff in. What about that herd of 200, Jeff? No, I told you yesterday. They're all cut out and rounded up. Ready to drive? Sure. That's good. The buyer over in Dalton wants them right away. You can start driving this morning. All right. Uh, you be coming along? Not this time. You'll bed down for the night in the valley just before you come to the canyon. Plenty of grass and water there. Yeah. But get moving early tomorrow. Start through the canyon just as soon as it's light. That way you'll get to Dalton by early afternoon. You can finish your business by tomorrow night. Right. Uh, who'll I take with me? Just Curly and Joe. But I want you to ride point all the time. You understand that? <laughs> Thanks. It's a sort of a compliment. You're learning. I'll have the papers ready in half an hour. See that you're ready to hit the trail by then. Kino. Jeff got the trail herd underway by 10 o'clock. The long, sunny hours of the day passed uneventfully, and the valley was reached before dusk. The cowboys ate their evening meal. Joe was to keep watch on the herd until 12. He had nothing to report when Curly relieved him, and Curly had nothing to report when Jeff took his place at 4. But half an hour later, Jeff saw a flash of white on the rocky trail that descended from the top of the canyon wall. Soon the great horse Silver was racing across the level floor of the valley, and a few minutes later the Lone Ranger reined up beside Jeff. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, howdy. Howdy. Well, quiet. So far, you see any sign of them from where you were? Yes. They're waiting about a mile from the entrance, just around the bend. Yeah, I know. A great place for an ambush. Well, we'd better have a talk with your boys right away. You'll have to explain why I'm here, then what we're going to do. Yeah. Come on, Silver. Head up, boy. 
been late for half an hour, Brad. <laughs> you ain't going to begrudge a guy's last breakfast, are you? Well, they ought to be coming. They will be. All the men placed? Yeah. I don't think much of this job. Not your place to think. Just shoot. And shoot to kill. What about the rest of the money? You don't know much about Marcy or Walton. What if they try to double-cross you? I can send Marcy to jail any day in the week. And as for Walton... <laughs> they talk too much the other night. They're playing around with a forged will. Who's? Never mind, it don't concern you. He'll pay, though, one way or another. Hey, what's that? Our friend. What's wrong? What's all the shooting for? Ah, you're jumpy this morning. That's way back at the entrance of the well, canyon. I know. Would you ever try to get a herd started up a pass like this? I've served my time as a cowhand. I know you don't have to make any noise like that. Hey, you're right. Wonder what they're up to. They'll have a stampede on their hands, that's what. What's the game? A lot of crazy cows compiled around that bend. You'll find out soon enough. Now listen. Yeah, I hear it. These porters are too close for me. I'm getting out. Oh, wait a minute. I'll take a look. Get up there. We can get Caldwell someplace else. Who? 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 Yeah, look at him. Yeah, not a man in sight. Maybe Caldwell went under. Well, we can find out later. Those longhorns can run faster than a horse. Okay. Let's get out of here, men. Stampede. Get up there. The cattle thundered through the canyon, and the outlaws raced ahead of the roaring torrent in a desperate bid for safety. Behind the herd, the Lone Ranger and the cowboys urged their mounts to greater speed over the treacherous footing of the canyon floor. At last, the end of the canyon was reached. The leaders of the herd swung to the right and headed down a gentle downhill slope. Brad and his men had swung more to the left and were heading for the cover of a small clump of woods. The masked man and his companions reined up and watched them. Oh, 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 oh. Aren't we going after him? Those woods are the only cover around here. I don't think Jenkins will hold in that direction for long. The sheriff? If he's made it in time, he'll be there. Hey, you're right. Those shots are coming from the woods. And the crooks are changing their minds. Yeah, they're heading back this way. Change their minds again. Yeah, that did it. I can see the posse coming out of the woods. Now, why not? The whole mangy outfit is reaching for the sky. Here, boy! Tonto was with the posse and waiting for the Lone Ranger when he rode up. Together they watched the disarming of the outlaws, and when the job was finished, the sheriff turned to them. Yeah, this is a fine day's work. We've been after these coyotes for most of the year. Have you told Jenkins where we got our information? Huh? What information are you talking about? Why, the information about your plans for this morning. I never had no plans. You're going to ambush the trail crew in the canyon. Why do you suppose the sheriff is here? What? told you that story. Or and Marcy and Buck Walton. I told you they'd try to double-cross you. Fix it to get you caught after you did the dirty work. Listen, Sheriff. Nothing happened here, see? There's a lot of worse things on my record. So I don't mind pleading guilty to this. So what? That Marcy and Walton hired me to kill Zeff Caldwell. Now, that makes them guilty of attempted murder, don't it? Will you swear to this? Anytime. I want to see both of them behind bars. Is it evidence enough for a trip to Springdale, Sheriff? It's more than enough. It's plenty. Good. Come on, Silver. Okay. You pick out five or six men, take these critters into Dalton. We'll give you a hand. Let's go!
story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. This has been a presentation of otrwesterns.com, and we hope you enjoyed. Please take some time to like and rate our shows in your favorite podcast application. Follow us on Facebook by going to otrwesterns.com slash Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by going to otrwesterns.com slash YouTube. And send us an email, podcast at otrwesterns.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail, 707-986-8739. This episode is copyright under the attribution non-commercial share like copyright. For more information, go to otrwesterns.com slash copyright. Have a great day, and thanks for listening.